Check, check, check. Mike, check. What's going on, y'all? This is CJ, one half of the Whole My Podcast, here with another episode of What Do I Know? Um, not too much going on in the world of hip hop, in the world of hip hop culture, but there were some albums that dropped recently that I want to talk to you about. So this should be a relatively short album, but again, like I said, I want to highlight some of the more of the good albums than you know, a lot of the mid that has been coming out, because if we were to just summarize the quality of albums that's come out of here, it's a lot more mid than anything else. So uh, with that being said, I feel as though there were two albums that dropped recently that really stood out, that really kind of captured why I love music so much in different aspects. And I wanted to highlight those albums. And the first album that I want to highlight is called Tantra by Young Blue. Now, this wasn't an album that I was anticipating, wasn't one that I was expecting, but I was impressed by the quality on this project. And as I was listening to different songs, as I was picking up on the different vibes of the project, uh, I couldn't help but think of two different artists that this project either reminded me of or just kind of sent me into that zone. And it really made me appreciate the project a lot more once I started to kind of think of the impact of these two artists. And the first of which is Post Malone. Now, Post Malone has a unique ability, a unique talent to where he can dominate the pop world with songs like uh, Sunflower, but he can also tap into the hip hop world with songs like Rockstar. And not only can he jump into different genres of music and kind of do it at such uh, a level, but it's quality music. You know what I mean? Like he can make a pop song, but it's a quality pop song. He can make a hip hop inspired R&B song, but it's a quality song. It has that staying power and he can make a hit. And I feel as though Young Blue does that as well, where he can really jump into different genres and he can do it at a high level. Now, he has a song on the album, essentially is an R&B drill song with Fabio Four. And I believe the title is uh, One of Those Nights. And then the very next song, it's like a super pop song with Zayn, and it's called Fire Inside. And they're completely different sides of the spectrum, completely different vibes, completely different songs in general, but they're both quality, good songs. And I really uh, admired that, and I really respect the artistic creativity and the ability of Young Blue to be able to do that in such a way and still uh, deliver at such a high level. But then I was thinking, too, like, who else does that? Who else can jump from genre to genre? Who else can do it at such a high level? And I can't think of anybody else that does that better than Tory Lanez. Now, I've always been a big fan, a huge fan of Tory Lanez, but I've also been a huge critic of Tory Lanez. Because he's so multifaceted, because he can tap into different genres, I feel like that's one of his biggest strengths, if not his biggest uh, strength. He's able to mimic high-level artists like The Weeknd, like Drake, uh, like Meek on some of his rap songs. But I feel as though sometimes that's his biggest weakness. Because when I listen to a Tory Lane song, I often hear his influences more than I hear Tory Lane's. And like I said, he makes great, phenomenal music. Like Tory Lane's is probably one of the most talented artists of our generation. But because he wears his influences on his on his sleeve so to speak it kind of takes away from the experience 
for for me as a listener. Like I think he dropped uh what was it called Alone at Prom, his '80s album. But I couldn't help but think of the Weekends album. He drops uh, a rap album, and on certain songs, I can't help but think of. Oh, this sounds like Drake. Oh, this sounds like Meek. Oh, this sounds like artists X, Y, and Z. Right. But I feel like Young Blue to bring back to his album Tantra. I feel like he can do it. He can jump into different these different genres. He can give you an R&B drill song. He can give you a pop song. He can give you an R&B ballad, but he still has a signature sound. Every song on here sounds like Young Blue. And I feel like that kind of gives him a uh, edge up on the competition for all those different artists, especially this generation, as they move into a more melodic sound, a lot more artists kind of are blending the genre of R&B and hip hop and kind of jumping in and out of those uh, different categories. It's, I think, very essential that they have their own unique sound so that they don't get caught up in the mix. They don't just sound like, oh, this sounds like a knockoff uh, future song. This sounds like Little Baby. So I feel like with Young Blue, he has really established his own sound and he really does it at such a high level. He can make an R&B drill song with Fabio Foreign. He can make a pop song with Zane. He can make an R&B ballad with Neo and not be overshadowed by the people that are kind of coming into his world. And I feel like that's the biggest thing. He is able to do so much, but bring people into his world rather than, you know, just be completely engulfed by his influences. So with all that being said, I feel like Tantra is a really good album. I feel like it's probably easier to name the songs I didn't like more than the songs that uh, I did like, because I truly believe this is close to like a no skip uh, project. Now, it's not like the best. There are some great R&B projects that came out this year uh, that I'll hopefully discuss with a kind of end of the year, top five, top 10 albums of the year. But this is a solid kind of a placeholder, something that you can really kind of hold on to for a couple of weeks, maybe even a month at a time to really just get you over and just uh, capture that vibe. Uh, the only song I really, really didn't like uh, was the second one. I think you flipped the DMX, what types of games are being played, how it's going down. So until it's on, then I got sent on now, right? With such a classic sample, uh, such, and this, especially with the recent passing of DMX, like when you want to sample something that iconic, you kind of have to knock it out the park. And I don't really think he did that. Uh, I know the new trend is to kind of take recently, I don't, I guess classics, recent classics might be the good term, and kind of flipping them. But I feel like the beat and the melody was kind of changed up so much to where as though, yeah, the words sound good, but I just didn't like the aesthetic of the song. But other than that, I feel like the whole project is definitely a good vibe. A lot of good songs, a lot of great features on here. Like I mentioned before, he has Fabio Foreign, he has Zane, he has Nicki Minaj, Kelly Rowland comes through, uh, Lucky Day, Ty Dolla Sign, Lil Wayne, Neo, even French Montana uh, pulled out a good verse on here. So I really feel like he brought up the big guns. And like I said before, he doesn't kind of lose himself to the weight of all of these features. They all kind of step into his world and kind of complement his signature sound. Uh, but if I was to pick my top three songs of the project, I think that uh, One of Those Nights with Fabio Foreign is good, uh, Walk Through Fire is good, and then Don't Forget Me. Um, I feel like all different sounds and all kind of embody what I kind of was describing as the signature sound of Young Blue. Really good project. Again, that's Tantra from Young Blue. I suggest you check it out. Now, 
another album that dropped that, again, I was not anticipating, but I'm happy it did, was Nas and Hit Boy with King's Disease 3. Uh, again, wasn't expecting it, wasn't anticipating it, but I was impressed with the quality of the project. And I feel like this is peak OG rap or peak big homie rap. And I'll tell you why. And uh, forgive my references for kind of being all over the place, just comparing it to different people. But, you know, I consume a lot of media, so it's kind of hard for me not to connect these dots. Now, I was watching The Breakfast Club and they interviewed an artist by the name of uh, Icewear Vezo. And in that interview, they discuss the upcoming artists in Detroit, and they kind of have a disconnect with Eminem or a misunderstanding with Eminem. And he was basically explaining, like, Eminem doesn't owe them anything. He doesn't have to kind of come back to the hood, risk his situation, lose it all, throw his life away, give them any money, give them anything monetarily. He doesn't even have to give them a feature, but because there is no presence of Eminem in Detroit, there is some type of disconnect. And he went even further to say, like, all it takes is a tweet or a conversation or just just acknowledge that, hey, I see what y'all are doing. Keep uh, keep keep it up. Or, hey, this is a mistake that I made when I was on a come up. Make sure y'all don't do this. And he was just saying that as this scene has like a buzz right now. Like the Detroit rap scene has a moment. They're having a moment right now. So many up and coming artists, so many great artists right now that are coming up. And to have somebody like Eminem be from the city, it would just mean so much to those artists if he would just extend a hand, extend the olive branch to say, hey, this is what I can do for you. This is how I can help out. And he was just saying that it's just a disconnect there. And it, it doesn't take much for that disconnect to kind of disappear. Something, again, as little as a conversation just to say, hey, I acknowledge what you're doing. A tweet to say, hey, check out this artist. And it's a really good interview. If y'all haven't uh, checked for Ice War Vezo's music, if you just want to hear like a good interview, a good mentality, he really gave me like some Nipsey vibes with his mentality. And I really respected that. But I mentioned that conversation to bring it back to the Nas album is just to say Nas always gives that game. He always embraces the younger generation and kind of gives game through his speech, gives game through his actions, and gives games through his, gives game through his music. Um, and in a song on an album called Reminisce, he was talking about uh, not living in the past. Like, I don't want to reminisce. I don't want to rest on my laurels. Like, yeah, I was the man in the 90s. Yeah, I was the man in the early 2000s. But I'm the man now for different reasons. And he kind of, and as you listen to the the songs on this project, the concepts and where his mentality is, you can see that evolution. It doesn't necessarily have to be like, I'm preaching to you. I'm telling you exactly how to live your life. And he kind of gets into that bag on a couple of these songs, which, and he does it in a tasteful way. But even things like that, just say like, hey, I, I've elevated, I've grown, I've done the 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 hood dude i've done the street kid i've done the stick up kid i've been a gangster now i want to be a boss now i'm talking about things uh as i'm an older man as i'm an og this is where my mentality is and if you listen to the who am i podcast this is something that we've always praised like people like jay-z for doing to kind of elevate and give that level of game because as you elevate you're able to see 
different opportunities. You're able to see the game from a different perspective that not everybody has seen before. And a lot of people are never going to be able to see that perspective firsthand. So as you give that game, as you continue to create music, you're able to relay, hey, this is how I see things from my point of view. This is how, this is what I learned setting up businesses. This is what I learned from having these conversations with the police commissioner. I went from saying, you know, put my middle finger up to the cops to actually talking to the people that make laws. These are the different, you know, this is a change in my mentality. And I feel like that goes a long way with inspiring the next generation, with kind of knocking down those doors and letting the younger generation take it to new heights. Um, and then on the song, Don't Shoot, to kind of go within that, uh, within that concept, he talks about changing the community. And not just changing the community uh, through, you know, the typical means, like when something happens, hey, we need to make a change, but really changing the mentality of a person. Like, okay, don't shoot is really addressing, like, we should not just be killing each other, right? Look at how the people in power conduct themselves, the people that wear business suits, the people that find loopholes and laws to keep themselves rich. That should be our mentality. We should not have this mentality of just, I'm going to kill my brother because the person that I'm killing essentially is myself. That black man, that black woman, that individual in my community as I'm killing them, I'm essentially killing off myself. I'm killing off my people. And if you look at the mentality of a successful culture, of successful you know, organizations, you see them kind of come together for a common cause. And because we don't have that kind of ingrained mentality in us no more, we often lash out against each other. So just even subtly, and it's not a long song, and again, he doesn't get preachy, but that concept of just, hey, man, don't shoot. You know, let's 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 change our mentality. Let's let's fight. Let's find a different enemy. Let's find a different way to come up. Let's find a different way to move about things. Let's find different goals to achieve. And I think that's the game we need from our OGs, from the generation that came before. They need to kind of tell us what they learned, tell us their mistakes, tell us what worked for them so that the next generation can come and take it to that next level. Uh, but another thing that. Well, I respect Nas so much is because he's self-aware. Um, and on the song First Time, he talks about people hearing his music for the first time and addressing some of the different opinions that they have about him. Oh, uh, did you hear did you hear I can rap? Uh, did you hear, you know, I got relationship problems? And one of the biggest things that people critique Nas on, or probably not recently, but one of throughout his career, one of the biggest critiques on his career is that Nas production is just not it doesn't match his level of talent. And that's what he was saying. Like, did you hear, oh, Nas can rap, but he picks bad beats. And for him to be so self-aware and acknowledge like, yeah, that is a legitimate criticism of your career. It really got me thinking because he was talking about, um, on ghetto reporter, he says, people debate whether King's disease one, two, or magic were the better albums when ultimately the third installment or King's Disease 3 is better than all of them. And I'm thinking about the consistent output that Nas has been putting out. Like he's dropped four like top notch, arguably album of the year con uh, contenders albums like in the past few years with King's Disease 1, King's Disease 2, Magic, and now King's Disease 3. And I'm thinking 
Nas has always been a legend. He's always been, you know, a top tier. You know, every box that you want from like a GOAT, Nas checks. Businessman, check. Battle tested, check. Bars, check. Classic albums, check. Classic songs, check. Cultural impact, check. Like he has everything that you want. Uh, but I think the biggest critique from a music standpoint is his production. But I feel like the collaboration with Hip Boy really brought his music and his sound into the modern era. Kind of like he was saying with uh, Reminisce. Like, I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to reminisce about who I was in the 90s. I'm not trying to reminisce about Illmatic. I'm not trying to reminisce about the early 2000s. I'm, I'm me now. And I feel like with the, the sound of Hip Boy and the beats from Hip Boy, it really allows Nas to flourish with a modern sound. And I think it's dope because, like I said, with these last four albums that he's dropped have been high levels. Like Nas just won his first Grammy. After all the classic albums that he's dropped, he just got a, a Grammy record because of Hip Boy's production, because it has a more palatable sound. And I feel like that's super dope and I feel like it's overdue and we need that from artists. We need an example of how to kind of age gracefully, how to elevate gracefully. And we know Jay-Z's and Nas's and you know Diddy's, they're kind of the exceptions to the rule, but they're laying the blueprints. You know, they are all going about it different ways so that there can be another five Nas's for the next generation. And then there could be another 15 for the next generation and we can kind of expand and grow. But having him elevate, having him kind of stay and kind of reinvent himself as he elevates uh, is super dope. And I feel like it's super needed in our community. Uh, but overall, I think that this is a really good album. Definitely worth the listen. And if I was to pick my top three songs off the project, I think I'm on fire, legit, and recession proof are my go-tos. And that, now that I'm looking at the track list, another thing that I'm so impressed with, this is 17 songs, no features. So this is just Nas going. And it doesn't, it doesn't get stale, it doesn't get repetitive, and a lot of, it isn't as diverse as, you know, the Young Blue Project. I don't see Nas with the auto-tune, but, you know, he really, he takes it from, like, a boom-bap sound, and then he switches it to, like, a drill sound, and he kind of takes it to different levels, and, again, shout-out to Hip Boy on the production, but to be able to hold your own on this many songs at this quality, I feel like that's, that's commendable in itself. So Nas, King's Disease 3, definitely a great project. Uh, something I think will stand the test of time here when I review the best albums of the year. But a really good project and something worth listening to. So like I said before, uh, not too much going on. Uh, I think the Kyrie situation, I was going to speak on that, but I really want to kind of wait for it to play out a little bit. Just given the, the sensitive nature of that topic, I really want to see it resolved before I give my opinion on it, because uh, I feel like the way that is being handled right now deserves some conversation. But uh, without it being resolved, it's, I really don't want to speak too much to it. And then things change left field and I kind of, you know, have to go back on everything that I said. But that's something to keep an eye out for. If you want to hear my opinion or what I think about what's going on with the Kyrie situation, uh, let me know, uh, get in contact with me, uh, leave a comment on the Who Am I podcast Instagram, which I will be posting for when this episode is available. Um, 
Yeah. And let me know if y'all would like a video portion of this podcast as well. Uh, thinking about that, you know, putting, especially when we get into more topics that address like cultural issues, uh, when we pull up, you know, news articles, maybe even some videos to put in there for some context. Let me know if that's something that y'all would like or if the audio version of the podcast is sufficient enough. But like I said, short, sweet podcast this week. Two albums that I really, really would recommend that you listen to. Uh, Tantra by Young Blue, Nas, King's Disease 3. But at the end of the day, what do I know?